Welcome to Medicine Mondays, bringing you wisdom to elevate your consciousness and co-create planetary healing together for the next seven generations. Okay, I'm going to go. Because I can't go on. It says like, what is happening? Okay. You got it? Okay. I think so. You have to do the interview. Where? The, on the option, there's like an option live video or there's interview next to it. Like theme. It's theme. On the Ooh. bottom. Hello. Hi. We're trying to figure this out. <laughs> okay. Um, theme. Ooh. Choose my life mode. Bring a friend. Ooh. Working. Oh. We are here. We Hello, did everybody. Welcome to Medicine Mondays. We had to get creative with our process, and um, we made it, though. And it's kind of funny that I look like I'm in the interview position, interviewee, even though you're the interviewee. <laughs> but here we are, and thank you, everybody, for bearing with us and being here for this Juicy Medicine Mondays, I'm here with Kaluna Kiato, who is a dear sister of mine, and she is like an alchemical sound vocal artist, like channeling cosmic frequencies like I've never seen, and uh, we started doing some lives together earlier this year called conversations with the star nations and that was really breaking through big things for me and going live and getting comfortable with that and now here we are um and i am so excited to be bringing her on for this really juicy topic where we are going to be diving into why we've been taking ourselves so seriously as light workers why we've been holding back from uh, you know, either either over sexualizing ourselves or holding back and doing this like spiritual nunnery, as I've heard Kaluna call it. Um, and so we're going to be really diving into all of those realms today. So Kaluna, thank you so much for joining me and for hosting on your page so that we can make <laughs> this happen live. Woo! Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on Medicine Mondays. Kind of funny. Woo that it was not unraveling how we had wanted to unravel. Um, hmm, maybe there is something about this message that is a little scandalous. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, there was something in the field that wanted to create resistance. But here we are. We managed to come through anyways. So thank you, everybody, for joining us here Kaluna, I really want to open up with a prayer. I love opening up into the sacred heart space. And I know, sister, how tapped in you are and opening up into that unified heart field. And so I would love to open this sacred cyberspace container with you mm -hmm. so that we can have this transmission come through as clearly. And because it's a very 
easily egoic subject to mm-hmm. serve all of you from our hearts and not our egos so that we can bring forth the message of transformation in the clearest way possible. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Would, would you like to open and call in sure. the ancestors? Yeah. 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 If you're listening right now and you're able to, I invite you to close your eyes. But if you cannot close your eyes, I invite you to just take a deep breath in with your nose, into your heart space, and exhale out your mouth. Feeling your toes, feeling the gratitude for Mother Earth beneath you. Giving gratitude for the lineage that flows behind us in the quantum realm of what we call the past. Giving thanks to all of the people and the souls that make up our DNA that have walked the path before us so that we can be here now realizing the true potential of our human selves, giving thanks and gratitude to the guides of the four directions, guides of all that is, all that was, and all that will ever be. (sighs) From a place of utter gratitude, we thank you, ancestors. And we humbly pray to Hey, Yoka to Coyote coming through. Mmm, divine trickster showing us not to take ourselves seriously. Mm, praying to you, Coyote, so that you can work through us in a good way. Divine Mother of all that is, it is commanded that we are connected and expanded within the unified heart field now, allowing our central pillar of light to ground and connect within the crystalline core of Mother Earth, expanding into the infinite cosmos of our being now, calling in the frequencies of grace, of truth, of love, of unity, community, trust, support, allowing us to really connect with each inhale and exhale. Welcoming in the star nations, welcoming in our brothers and sisters in the energetic realms, allowing this space to be full welcoming in each and every aspect of our self now allowing the mystery Creator of all that is, it is commanded that we are connected within the seventh plane of unconditional love for the duration of this transmission, that each and every heart that is connected within this field, both in the live and the replay, be bathed in the the crystalline frequencies of our divine essence now, that our words and our truth are weaved with humbled compassion, 
know that any messages that are needing to come through, come through with ease and grace, ease and grace, ease and grace, grounding this container Connecting this container to the resonance of unconditional love only now. <sighs> thank you, thank you, thank you. All is done, all is done, all is done. Show us. <sighs> Oh, thank you, sister. And so here we are, grounded and rooted in unconditional love, and we're here to talk about something that is calling some of us out, calling us out for being so serious, even though we dropped into the space of seriousness right there. There is a very divine essence in being able to play and being able to make fun of ourselves and being able to laugh. Mm -hmm. So Kaluna, I would love to hear what broke you open in this realization of taking yourself so serious. Well, I feel like the past three months of really going into my subconscious mind and awakening within what I call this halls of like these halls of mirrors, which this space is like a room filled with all aspects of myself, right? So there are different versions of my personality that have been created throughout my life. And when I became conscious within this space and I became the present observer of these different characters that I had created, I realized that the energy of this room was so fucking serious. It was filled with so much grief, so much pain, so much struggle. And it felt very dense. Like I was trying to move through quicksand, but I couldn't move because the heaviness of the energy was just so much that all I could do was sit there and witness these different characters, right? And I just kept hearing that in order to allow myself freedom from the seriousness, I had to start laughing at myself. I had to start bringing some humor into these different aspects of my personality that I've been observing like one in particular like I have an inner child that feels very wounded from certain experiences in my past well the way to communicate to her is not coming out and being like hey this is some serious stuff we need to figure this out no it's by coming to her and being like let's play let's play let's shine some here let's bring some humor here because it doesn't have to be so serious you can really go into the depth of your of your patterning and of your belief systems 
from a space of curiosity and from a space of wonder. And that actually is the key to unlocking yourself from the chains they have created. Yes, it is. Thank you. Sorry, it's, it froze for a second. Uh -huh. but yes, you're so right. It is. And because it's that language of the inner child. Mm -hmm. The language of play. The language of laughter. And when we can speak that language, we're taught from the children, too. The children are begging us to learn, to play, to not take life so seriously, to play make-believe. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that playing make-believe has really helped in healing the inner child, at least with my daughter, especially as a mother. Mm -hmm. I have experienced that firsthand. And, um, also like when I get like mad, an antidote for me being mad, especially mad culturally, there's, there's, um, culturally things I get really upset about mm -hmm. <laughs> in our day and age. And the best medicine for me has been to like make fun of myself mm -hmm. and see that this is like, this is a cosmic joke. I feel like a lot of people that have played with, um, psychedelics have have witnessed this it mm -hmm. gets bridge the psychedelics grease the wheels of seeing the truth of the cosmic joke mm -hmm. yeah no definitely it is life does feel like a play it feels like a movie and it does feel like a joke like there are a lot of paradoxes that we're living within and it's it's funny and <laughs> Some, I'm sorry, some of the spiritual lingo out there is just like, wh what does this even mean? What does this even mean? Like, my, and I use it, so I'm making fun of myself. The crystalline yeah. light within my cell is activating the codes for the divine to embody. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> I feel like some of it is just really funny. Yes, it sounds very beautiful and it sounds really poetic. But if we can't make fun of ourselves for talking like this, then why are we talking like this? It's not so serious. Nothing is so serious. So when we try to make it serious, then we're creating a limitation for ourselves. And we're not actually using our imagination which in order to create, we have to use our imagination. Creation station is the use of our imagination. So in order for us to actually do the work, we have to laugh at ourselves because that's where compassion comes in. Yeah, I've done some fucked up things in my past and I've said some fucked up things. But if I'm going to look at myself and look at the things that I've done, the choices that I've made, if I look at it from a serious perspective, I'm just going to be like, hell, I'm a piece of shit. Or if I look <laughs> at it from a space of curiosity, I can actually be like, oh, damn. All right, girl. That wasn't the best decision you made. That wasn't the nicest thing that you said. But all right, let's move on to the next one, you know? <laughs> 
I love your authenticity and I love your transparency because I feel like we've all been there. We've all been there in a place where we are just like kind of feeling like judgmental of ourselves. Mm -hmm. But when we have judgment of ourselves, that's the best place to make fun of ourselves because then it takes us out of the suffering loop. It Mm -hmm. takes us out of the loop of repeating that and it puts us into a state of reflection and and compassion and it makes it like transmutes it into a higher vibration which is laughter if you think about like what's one of the greatest sounds on earth well baby laughing well yeah yeah, this is the cosmic joke is that divine cosmic laughter and just being like oh my gosh you you silly little thing and it's like seeing it's like seeing things from your guide's perspective too of just like yeah oh oh look at this oh we're gonna we're gonna give her or him all of these situations all in this like oh let, let's throw this in there and this in there and then see how they react and my bet is that she's still not gonna learn that lesson <laughs> you know she's so serious because they're so serious and we're taking things to a point of like it's it, it's to a point where it can become self-sabotage when we take things so seriously. For sure. I, I had to take a break from social media for a few months this summer because of how serious things got with the ascension. Like everything that I was reading, it was like, oh my gosh, if you don't do this, you're not going to ascend. You're not going to make this timeline. And I'm just sitting here like, what the fuck? Why am I not going to make this timeline? What does this even mean? Why is this so serious? I just don't get it. I don't get it. And while there is a place for seriousness, and I do think there are times where being real and, and claiming your truth and having a lot of reverence for the divine, like seriousness is beautiful there. But then there are times where we, we don't need to be so serious. <laughs> we need to pick and choose when the appropriate times are. And you know what? Sometimes it might not be appropriate to be humorous. Well, I say do it anyways, because that's how we get through things. Laughter, laughing through it, just getting through it any way, any way that's possible. Like, this is really awkward, but at funerals and stuff, I have a very hard time being serious and I giggle and I smile. Like I get this smile on my face that stays just like, Oh my God, it hurts so bad. Why am I smiling? This is so awkward. I don't get why I'm laughing. And it's just me moving through the uncomfortable feelings that I've had in my body stored of what death is. And we need more laughter. We need more playfulness because this work of restructuring who we are in our minds is not easy. It is not easy. And you can really get lost in it if you don't bring that laughter, if you don't bring that curiosity. So true. You can, and, it, and it can sabotage you. And it can bite you in the butt. And disassociate, which was happening to me. Because I was taking things so seriously, I was actually disassociating from some of the experiences that I was having 
because it was too much to handle, too much for my nervous system. So I would leave my body and or parts of me would leave my body. And that's, what is that doing? That's not really doing anything. <laughs> we want to be here. We want to feel good. We want to feel pleasure, even when we're healing. And we can experience both simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great way to transmute that pain. And when you're ready to, you know, step out of the pain loop and, and take a step back and laugh at yourself, that's when you know that you're really working through it and you're like, that's the light at the end of the tunnel, I feel mm -hmm. like. And, and we, can, we can expedite that light at the end of the tunnel if we want to. Mm -hmm. It's all about our perception of our healing process. Yeah, yes. I, I made a post recently that asked if, um, if our focus on healing was keeping us in a feedback loop of something being wrong with us and needing us to heal. And I feel like healing is beautiful and there are many different stages of healing that we do go through, but there does come a time where we need to actually become and be everything that we've learned. And mm -hmm. I think that's where the play comes in mm. the, and the work and not needing to do the work anymore. Like I spent my time doing this healing. My, I spent many years doing sexual healing and now I feel like I'm at a time that I'm able to explore everything that I've learned, this new state that I have learned, rather than continuing to loop in the idea that I need to continue to heal. Healing may still happen, but I feel like the healing that I'm needing in this next stage is more of a being, and mm. the healing will come through being. Mm. And I love how you brought up, you know, the sexuality and, and the playfulness in that sexuality, I feel like is what um, it, 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 it takes the bridge of like, we have this like, tendency to have either a spectrum in the spiritual community of super hypersexualized people that are like, you know, at these like tantra play parties and I'm not bashing on any of this, but there is like that you can, that is like kind of an extreme mm -hmm. where there's like, you know, the polyamory and the tantra play parties and you have this like over sexuality and then you have the people that are, that are very like um, reserved and are like, you know, uh, white tantra, which is like no sex mm -hmm. and they're cutting that off. So um, maybe not cutting it off, but in, in their eyes, transcending it. Mm -hmm. And so finding this like balance between the middle, because I've been on both sides of that spectrum myself. And I know that you have too, Kalina. Yeah. yeah. This perspective of play is, uh, been opening up a new perspective on what does it mean to make light and be playful about our own erotic nature. Hmm. So what has been the thing that has like pushed you out of the spiritual nunnery, if you will? And can you explain what spiritual nunnery is? Because <laughs> I love that term. So spiritual nunnery, I don't know if I coined it, but I'm going to say I coined it. 
<laughs> so if anyone disagrees, let me know. We can coin it together. Um, well, okay. So just to give a little background on my sexual exploration. Um, growing up, I was very curious. Um, very curious sexually. I, I started exploring at a young age. Could have been due to some trauma. But that curiosity was there. And, um, but there was also a lot of shame there as well. Because when you are, say, like in middle school and high school and you have these curiosities, people like to slut shame you. People like to just shame you. It's just part of that path, I guess. And, or part of what the paradigm that we've been in. And so I experienced a lot of shaming, a lot of words of being called a slut, being called a whore. And that kind of really put a, an interesting um, lens on how I viewed sexuality. Because um, I kind of thought that it was dirty. I kind of thought that it was shameful. But I still had this deep curiosity for it, right? Um, and after I had experienced uh, sexual trauma, I became hypersexual. So I wanted everything. And I went for many different people and I've experienced many different people. And um, this, what I've realized, this state that I was in was a very wounded state. And um, my perspective of sexuality was very wounded. And I was not coming from a healthy space when I was exploring this sexuality. It was more of me coming from a place of wanting to take and wanting to receive love through sex. And um, yeah, that was just extremely unhealthy. And I, again, still explored like what erotica meant, what um, fantasies meant. And it was more around like the fantasies that I had were more around different woundings and different traumas that I had experienced. So it was very unhealthy, very, very unhealthy. And then when I went through my spiritual awakening is when the nunnery, the spiritual nunnery turned on and I was like, oh, sex is bad. Like, I only want to do, like, white tantra. I'm only going to practice white tantra and not, and only really connect energetically. That's what I feel safest doing. And this completely turned my passion off. It turned my energy, like, my sexual energy off completely. Like, it's, it gradually turned it off. But there was a year where I had zero libido because I had beliefs within my subconscious mind that were telling me sex was shameful and sex and spirituality do not go hand in hand. And I had been seeing all these different um, uh, tantra play parties and polyamory had like started seeing more people in these types of communities. And I noticed that a lot of it seemed like it, at least from the individuals that I had communicated with, it wasn't seeming like it was coming from a heart center. 
it was coming more from the wounded center. And so that kind of turned me off. It made me think that spirituality and sexuality were separate. And I didn't think that they could be brought together. And then I recently, this summer is when I got out of my partnership and started to explore what this sexual energy meant because it turned back on and it like lit me up and I was like whoa what is this feeling how do I how do I can not even control it but how do I recognize if my impulses and my urges are coming from a heart center or if it's coming from a wound so I've been the past four months or three and a half months really been diving into what this energy feels like in my body. And I've been celibate um, this whole period, but I've been turned on by my own energy and my erotic essence to the point where I'm like, what is going on? This is sexy. I love how this feels. I can be turned on by myself. I can touch myself, I can play with myself, and it is coming from this pure state of erotic innocence now, and I can confidently say that where before it was coming from my wounds. So there is a transition that happens with understanding what sexuality means to you, and I had to wash off my definitions and recreate definitions to what erotica meant. To what sexuality meant and it was from doing that that I'm starting to develop more of an understanding of what sensuality sexuality and erotica mean and it's this pure connection and devotion to myself and to be turned on by that resonant harmonic that is streaming through my entire being and living mm. from that space and meeting people in that space. And that is the innocence and the playfulness that when we do do the work in our uh, healing of our wounds in, in that realm, that is really when we're able to play and have that like sense of wonder mm -hmm. in the bedroom. And that is something that I found um, through means that were very, um, it's called play, but it's, um, it's very taboo, and that's BDSM. Mm -hmm. So that's my pathway of healing myself. And, um, and since then, I have gone through my own stages of spiritual memory as well. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really interesting to, to feel this this process and to see this reflection and to know that we go through these stages because we are transmuting generations of pain and rape culture. And as we transmute this, as we reclaim this, especially as women, I've noticed that the, it brings out this inner like like this, like that, you know, that sexual panther that comes out and she <laughs> is very, very funny and feisty and she giggles and, and like the, like getting turned on makes you giggle. 
Yeah. So that is that innocence and that like bridging of this playfulness and the comedy and like being light and being just like going with the flow versus like super serious and like um it the seriousness in in sexuality can create a disassociation experience mm-hmm. as well. It goes hand in hand. Yeah. And I feel like if you're adding play into your exploration of what sexuality and sensuality mean to you, you're learning what your boundaries are. You're learning where your edges are. You're learning what turns you on. And like for me, someone singing to my body, someone speaking light language to every part of my body, these vibrations turns me on and none of that is sexual. So really allowing us to explore what turns us on that might not even necessarily be sexual, but we can experience that pleasure and that erotic essence through that exploration of what turns us on. And erotica doesn't always have to be that we are doing BDSM. It doesn't always mean that we have to explore these different I don't know other kink modalities which hell yes explore it if that's what you want do it hell yes but it could mean creating what's erotic for you and Mm -hmm. what is what turns you on and it yeah I just yeah I feel like there's it it is taboo it, it, there's so much stigma around sex and around erotica and around the expression of the of both of them and why 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 do we have to live in shame why do we have to live in secrecy we all have sex we all want to have sex maybe not everyone but a majority of us do so why not talk about it why not explore together as a community what these terms mean for us how to create safe boundaries you know and i just yeah i'm so what are you doing? <laughs> so what are you doing to create this in in our world i have heard that you're creating a program um to help women mm-hmm. yeah so Oh, I disappeared for a second. Um, Starting next month, I'm going to be launching an erotic poetry and creative writing group where we're really just going to dive into what erotica means to us, what does intimacy mean to us, and how can we play in that erotic essence with one another and really fully be seen and witnessed in that space of erotic expression. And... It's going to be a 10-week um, group where we'll, we'll meet live on Zoom once a week, and we'll have a Facebook group where we can share all of our writing, share all of our epiphanies, our aha moments, and really just drop into how we can create a new paradigm of beliefs around sexuality and around erotica and, and what feels good. And how we can turn ourselves on and stay turned on and live from this turned on place. Because 
being turned on means that all of our power and all of our passion is exuding through every cell of our body. And that's what we want, right? To fully be alive. It is. And for me, I have had a very interesting path in in being in that state and being a sex worker and working in the um, in the club in LA and having that be my, in my Shakti in my Dakini essence. And yeah. as I would do that, there was a fine line of discernment that had to come through of me realizing where I was in integrity with myself, because at times I definitely was. And I was absolutely like in this ultimate state of it, I was in control and in power. But there were certain times throughout the night where that would wane mm-hmm. and just of the moon going in and out and sometimes my energy field would be compromised mm-hmm. and so I come from a place of helping women who have an over sexualized um, lifestyle or who are sex workers for them to um, learn how to be discerning with their energy and mm-hmm. learn how to um, create that bridge so that they can be functioning in a healthy way and to be honoring and respecting themselves in their own energy fields because there's a very great area there it gets really gray because you're in your shakti essence but then there's something that can happen in an instant yeah that can knock you out of it and then at that moment you are very vulnerable because your your field is open and mm-hmm. and you're on stage and you're you know I, i'm speaking to the dancers out there and so I know what that's like. And also women that are just like um, very sexualized in general. Um, I feel like it's it's a position of power. And it's really important for us women to empower each other and not shame each other. Mm-hmm. But to also be encouraging about discernment. Having the yeah. two is very crucial because we don't want to create separation that's Mm -hmm. the spiritual memory but we also want to cultivate respect and self-respect and honor and dignity and you know these values are very subjective to each person so having having this um container to drop into for sure. Yeah, I think the more that we create a relationship with our sexual energy and the expression of our sensuality, the deeper we are able to come from authenticity and really see where there are where there is leaky energy and where we can clean it up and and honor our our body as the temple and really listening to it in each moment, whether something feels good or not, and being able to use our voice to speak on that. So I think the more that we can cultivate that relationship with ourselves and that connection with our sexual energy, which is our power, then, yeah, I think that'll definitely, (laughs) it'll definitely help us shift whatever paradigm that we've been in that has created this rape culture. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, we are in a moment right now in society where we have like a lot of this coming to the surface Mm -hmm. and we're having to sort it out as a collective of where we stand Mm -hmm. and how we can um, support women in stepping into their sexuality Mm -hmm. without shaming them. And also, also at the same time, um, 
honor the men that are stepping into their divine masculine and creating that container because mm-hmm. what I've noticed is that it, it takes two to tango. Oh yeah. And so when you're cultivating that energy, it's really crucial to have a divine masculine that gets it. And when you're playing with guys that you're maybe teaching um, that, that, you know, if they're willing to learn, then that helps for sure, because then you're, you're teaching them. But, um, what I've noticed is that it's really important for the men to step up and teach each other how to be men mm-hmm. and not our job to be mommy dearest and teach men how to make love or how to be a divine masculine container. Um, mm-hmm. It can be done. I, I, I've done it, <laughs> but it, it is, um, I feel like it's like a, a sort of form of initiation that's important mm-hmm. for us as society so that we don't, we aren't cultivating these young boys that don't know what to do mm-hmm. or old boys that don't know what to do. <laughs> There's a lot of that. <laughs> There's a lot of that. Right. Having accountability, having accountability on both ends. Yeah. We all need to take responsibility for our shit, for our energy And we need to hold ourselves accountable and ask, where are we coming from? Where are we coming from when we want this? Exactly. And if you're coming from a place of Mm self-serving or if you're coming from a place of just joy and openness Mm -hmm. and desire and play and exploration and wonder, Mm -hmm. there's that wonder again, that childlike wonder, it comes through. And that is the highest expression. Mm-hmm. So this has been such a beautiful <laughs> transmission. I really feel like we were able to cover so much and dive into these realms of humor and sexuality and seeing that bridge between mm-hmm. the two. Kaluna, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your wisdom today. Thank you for having me. Fourth chant. First fourth try is the charm (laughs) (laughs) supposedly you never know how it's going to work out thank you for hosting me on your page (laughs) for my show (laughs) (laughs) this is show medicine mondays on kaluna's page but it'll be back on her page next week (laughs) that's right if you guys want to hear more medicine mondays please follow me on facebook i go on facebook live every monday uh at 11 a.m we had a little technical difficulty so we started a little later and that's the pacific time if you want to listen to the replays i have my medicine mondays available on 10 different platforms through anchor.fm but it's also available on itunes spotify and many others so if you are uh, wanting to look and see, I interview uh, way showers, leaders, and <laughs> wisdom keepers. And we are really tapping into our humor today. Thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> and let's get silly, y'all. Let's open up this playful container. And my daughter wants to let you guys know that we're going to Disney World. We are in Florida right now. We're going to Disney World tomorrow. So. <laughs> we're gonna play and i Don't have play. a new um i am going to be uh making fun of myself can uh talking about humor i'm gonna be creating a series called uh crunchy mom problems goes to disney world so i'm gonna be finding all the things that piss me off about disney world and i'm gonna be making my, my fun of myself about them 
I love it. So I that will be it. coming soon. <laughs> also pissed off Pocahontas. That's another one that's coming out. Pissed off Pocahontas. That sounds great. <laughs> all right, you guys. Blessings to all of you. Thank you for tuning in, and I will see you next Monday. Bye. Oh, Mikakuyasin. Ooh. You know what we should do? What? We should close the sacred space. Oh, good idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we got too silly. We forgot the serious. Yeah, we got a little serious there and silly. Mm. Just want to thank every one of you for being here, for showing up fully. Want to thank the space of unconditional love for holding this container. Want to thank the star nations, the ancestors for being here and holding and amplifying this container. Thanking the frequencies of grace, love, and truth for being present. Thanking the frequencies of curiosity and wonder for the inner child in each of us for being here and present for this transmission. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We are closing this sacred space. Any portals, any collective energies that we have created are now closed. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Allowing the integration to do so with ease and grace, ease and grace, ease and grace. Now, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Mother Earth. Thank you, Father Sky. Thank you to the lineages before us and after us for coming together and supporting us through this beautiful transmission. The sacred cyberspace is now closed. Oh. Oh. Bye. Goodbye. Blessings.